I'm Stina. I'm Danielle. We want to focus on uh, television and movies in particular. Yes. Disclaimer that we are in no way film experts. A deep, like, dive. Be quiet. Whoa. I'm yelling. Back me up on this one. (laughs) Hey, you're listening to Two Girls Watch TV. And it's time to start the podcast. Okay, I need to stop singing. <laughs> as long as it's nobody else's music, we're going to be okay. But if you keep singing other people's music, I'm, I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen. Here's how I'm going to get very upset very, very, very quickly. We're going to get monetized and we're going to lose everything before we get our first paycheck because they're going to pull up episodes and they're going to be like, what are you singing? What are you singing here? What are you singing there? What are you singing everywhere? And I'm going to be like, I have nothing left to give. If Okay, I will say this right now. If that happens, I give you permission to give me a three, no, maybe not three minutes, a 30 second slushy. Slushy? What's the thing where you stick the people's head in the toilets and flush the toilet? The thing is, right, I don't condone violence, one, right? Ever. Like in any situation, do I condone violence unless somebody's trying to kill me? Then all bets are off and I'll hunger games my way out of it. The other thing is, that doesn't pay me money. <laughs> yeah, but it makes you feel better. But it money makes me feel pretty darn good, though. Especially money that I've earned. Especially money that I've earned based off of my own creative mind. <laughs> oh my gosh, we've taken a turn. This is a, a bleak way to start this podcast. I feel, I feel in my soul... That we are going to be in this situation. Swirly. That's what it, that it's not a flushy or a slushy. It's swirly. It <laughs> I kind of want a slushy, to be honest. I haven't had a slushy in a minute. Do you like Diet Coke slushies? Coke slushies. They don't have Diet Coke slushies. Oh. Are you sure? Yes. Trust me, I would know. Oh. Okay. <laughs> you could just make one if you wanted. Yeah, but that's not fun. The fun is going to 7-Eleven and getting the thing and putting in the, the Coke slushy with a little bit of cherry on top. It's great. Did 7-Eleven like invent slushies? I want to say yes. I'm not I'm not really sure, but it, since we're since we're on this bandwagon, <laughs> um, a friend of mine who lives in South Central South ish Jersey, I don't know, down there somewhere. <laughs> not not up here. Not up here. Don't talk like that up here, down there. Yeah, she was judging our Wawas, and she was like, "Oh, I just feel like the Wawas up north have like they don't have the same like selection. They don't have the same options. You know, it's just it's like we've perfected it down here." And I said, "Well, we Northerners are just real happy that Wawas here. We're like, you made it." And that's okay. And we're all real happy about it. That's it. But I feel like, I don't know, there's something about a Wawa in the South. Like, the last time I was in Wawa, I was coming back from Cape May. And it was that perfect time where you're coming back from the beach, but they have pumpkin spice coffee. (laughs) My favorite part about that is that you used the South, like the South and Cape May. In the same sentence. That is not the South. That is beautiful. Anything past the Mason Dixon line is the Deep South. 
that's where we're at. <laughs> that's, that's, that's actually not my line. That's actually my mother's line. That's what she firmly believes is considered the South. What, the Mason-Dixon line? Maybe not the deep South. I'm, I just added an adjective. But yeah. she says anything past the Mason-Dixon line is considered the South to her. Isn't that like in Maryland? Mason Dixon line. You're asking somebody who you should know is geographically challenged okay. where things are on a map. I've definitely Googled it before and I feel like it's between Maryland and Virginia. Mason Dixon line, also known at also called the Mason and Dixon line, or Mason's and Dixon's line. Oh my care. Get out of here. It's a line between four states forming Part of the borders of Pennsylvania, Maryland, Delaware, and West Virginia. I was about to sing because that's you said like, West Virginia like, and I decided not to. Are you proud of me? I am. Thank you very much. You're welcome very much. It doesn't really show where in New Jersey it is. There is no Mason-Dixon line in New Jersey. I know. It's like, it's, it's like an L. It's like a big, tall L upside down and on its side. If you flip it and reverse it. Yeah, that's what it looks like. And I'm not singing. I'm using that as a valid way to describe the Mason-Dixon line. So I, I had a math teacher in college who, um, I don't know, we were, it was something, we were talking about formulas or something. He's like, you got to put it down, flip it and reverse it. And he's like, I also teach high school students and they don't know what I'm saying when I say that. And I feel old as hell. Oh my heavens. Okay. So I think this is what she means. Um, the Mason-Dixon line goes across the bottom of Pennsylvania and down through Delaware. Okay. But if that line were to go all the way across New Jersey, it would probably, like, I think that's the part, like, if you were to carry this line straight through New Jersey, it would be, like, the very, very tip of New Jersey, like, that south area. Gotcha. So, Cape May. Cape, Cape, oh, My, Cape May is the end of New Jersey. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what that's what that's what all of that would be. I uh, think she uses that line too freely because the Mason Dixon line isn't in New Jersey. No. <laughs> I don't know how to segue this into soul. To be honest, I, I had it. I said I have a feeling in my soul that this is going to happen, and then we started talking about Seven Eleven and Wawa and slushies. <laughs> and we went. And we went. You know that meme where it's like um, when you're on the highway and it's like a. Like, saving your money, going to Target, and it's, like, the car that's speeding off the, the overpass. Do you know mm-hmm. that meme? Yeah, that's what we just did. It's, like, our pod. We should, oh, we should make one of those that says our podcast and a tangent. And we're just going. A ta- no, it should be talking a segue into talking about soul. 7-Eleven slushies in the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> None of the above. <laughs> so, we're going to talk about soul. I have to say, Christina, before we get into this, this yeah. is probably the quickest turnaround time for us because this came out, like, th- movie-wise, because I feel like we did Tiger King pretty quick, too. This came out on Christmas, didn't it? Yeah, Christmas Day, I think. Okay. Today is January 8th, so, like, two weeks after it came out, we're doing it. I saw actually Instagram, it was a promotion on Instagram and I sent it to Danielle and I was like, we should do this. And mainly I said it cause it's new. And mainly I said it because we have Disney plus cause that's where you can watch it. Mm-hmm. But also 
while there are no awards yet, is going to get awards. And we'll keep you posted. I am going to say this right now. Mark my words. I'm calling it. This is winning the Oscar for Best Animated Film. I mean, Disney usually does. So you're not really calling a whole lot. Okay. Well, maybe this is like not the best prediction, but I'm predicting it. I'm calling it. If it doesn't win, I'm going to be shocked because I don't think that too much has come out to, to go up against it. And I think that it was very, very good. I am predicting that tomorrow the sky will be blue. Okay, well, let's hope and, that one comes true. And that soul will win an Oscar. It's based, based, I feel like we're saying the same thing. <laughs> um, it's winter, so there's like a 50% chance that the sky will be blue tomorrow. It could be gray. I hope not. It's supposed to be sunny, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you sounded like Eddie Murphy when he does Gumby. I'm Gumby, damn it. <laughs> So, are we ready? Yes, we are. Joe is a temporary music teacher looking for his next big break jazz gig. I didn't know what to call it, so I just threw all the words in there. In New York City. He feels as though he hasn't found his purpose in life. After getting a chance at his big break, Joe falls down a manhole and slips in a coma. Joe meets 22 in the great before. 22, unlike billions of others, hasn't found her spark, making her ready to become a soul in the body on planet Earth. She becomes interested in Joe and helps him go back to his sorry life, quote unquote. A Freaky Friday situation occurs where 22 is Joe and Joe is a cat. They manage and maneuver their way through Joe's life. 22 learns Earth isn't so bad along the way. So not a lot of characters in this movie. I will say that right now, so not a big character list. Our main character is Joe Garland, played by none other than Jamie Foxx. Very surprising choice here. I feel like he hasn't done children's movies in a while. Or has he ever done a children's movie? I I don't know if he's ever done a children's movie, but it absolutely does not surprise me that they would choose Jamie Foxx for this. I feel like I couldn't think of any... Like, once I I heard the voice and I saw an interview, like, on the side, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my God, Jamie Foxx is, like, the perfect person for this role. I can't think of anybody else who would – because Jamie Foxx, like, does music as well as acting. He does. So I just thought it was – he, like, had, like, the stuff to manifest within to, like, create this character, I feel like. I also feel like I haven't seen Jamie Foxx in anything recently. Like, I feel like the last thing I saw him in was Django Unchained, which is a very, very different role than this. You know what Jamie Foxx is in? What? Horrible Bosses. Oh, my God. (laughs) Can we get through a podcast without you talking about Horrible Bosses? No. No. You know who he plays? Motherfucker Jones. Oh, my God. Honestly, I'm surprised that you did not bring up Horrible Bosses when we were going through our whole comedy rant last episode. I did my best. I, can't, I, have to, I have to space it out. <laughs> All right. So Joe Garland is a music teacher who dreams of being a jazz musician. Uh, after dying suddenly, he works to get uh, his soul back to his body. In order to do, do so, he has to mentor a stubborn old soul, uh, 22, played by Tina Fey. And help her get her earth patch by finding her spark. This is difficult because she has gone through a few notable mentors and has never found her spark and got her earth patch. Um, They receive some help from a mystic named Moonwind, played by Graham Norton, uh, to get back to earth. But they wind up in the wrong bodies, which Christina said, which they must switch out. Also, I just want to note that Dorothea Williams is played by Angela Bassett. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So I'm not going to lie. I watched this and before recording this, I had to go back and rewatch it to be like, what was the climax? Because like, I sort of remembered it, but I was like, it's very, very complicated. So I was like, eh, duh, duh. okay, so this is what I'm going to go with. Okay. <laughs> Joe and 22. Joe is in the cat and <laughs> 22 is in Joe. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and... Oh, is it the cat? <laughs> Joe is in the cat, and 22 is in Joe. <laughs> Ooh, okay, I'm here. I'm with it. <laughs> Not. <laughs> okay. I'm breathing. Okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. So, Joe and 22 need to find Moonwind, who we know was on the corner of 14th and 7th with the... <laughs> The big sign swirling it around. If you've ever been to New York City, go to 14th and 7th. You know what we're talking about. Um, and Moonwind says that he can send their souls back to that weird in-between land, uh, the U Seminar, at around 6.30 when the, what is it, when the plane is the smallest. Who knew 6.30 p.m. was that time? Just as they're about to meet with Moonwind... 22 runs away because she realizes she wants to stay on Earth. As Joe the cat is chasing, chasing Joe, <laughs> 22 and Joe, Terry, who has been out trying to find Joe's soul because he hit the count is off and he's trying to find Joe's soul, catches them and sends them back to the U Seminar. Once they return, they realize that 22's badge has changed from just an unfinished badge to an Earth badge. And they can finally make their transaction where she gives Joe the Earth badge and she gets to stay at the U seminar for the rest of her life. Joe returns to his body. What? Did I say something wrong? Mm-mm. Okay. You're I'm not following along with okay. my head. <laughs> the, your eyebrows raised. Joe returns to his body. I'm 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 mimicking somebody who's been resurrected. <laughs> <laughs> Joe returns to his body and gets to play with Dorothea Williams, but by the end of the night, he doesn't feel as satisfied as he thought he would be. He decides to go back and find 22 by playing music and getting in the zone, because we had seen previous that when people are in the zone, they're in this weird halfway point of being in the soul world but also being in the real world anyway long story short with that he winds up in this halfway world and with the help of moon wind joe finds 22 who has become a lost soul which we saw in the beginning uh she's stuck in a whirlwind of self-doubt and joe breaks her out of the state by explaining to her that she was never on a quest to find her spark or purpose the last box is filled in when she's ready to live. Joe gives 22 her badge so she can start her life on Earth. And this is where I hand it over to Christina. Okay. Because that's a, a sad, sad ending that Joe is giving his life to a unborn soul that he met in the halfway point, if you think about it. Yes. Joe talks 22 out of her being a lost soul, like you said, um... She flies to Earth with Joe for as long as he will go, and Joe starts to walk towards the great beyond. He is interrupted by one of the Jerrys. 
They thank him for turning 22 into a good soul and decide to give him another chance on earth. While Joe isn't exactly sure how his, he'll live his life, he knows that he'll live every minute of it. So I just want to say the one foreshadowing piece in the beginning when he's like walking through the right before he falls in the manhole, like all these terrible things are happening um, where he like almost gets hit by a car and like maybe a bicycle. And um, you hear somebody scream in the background, you gotta get hurt, buddy. And then he falls in the hole. So that was the only like um, major foreshadowing piece. Can I, can um, I throw in one I, more? Sure. Because I had to like go back and do a little research on this because I was like, what did I just watch? Um, there was actually when he first got the call from his student to go audition with for Dorothea Williams, he said, I would die a happy man if I got to perform with her. And then he gets the audition and then he dies. So, and he did not die a happy man. Well, yeah, I was going to say, this is only like half foreshadowing because he definitely died, but not happy. No. Um, yeah, I mean, there are other like pieces that have been introduced and then like revisited, but I don't know if I would necessarily consider them foreshadowing. Like the lost soul thing. Yeah. Like um, it's introduced and it's replayed with, but I don't think necessarily that it's, um, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know yeah. what you mean. They know what you mean. We all know what you mean. <laughs> the fun will never stop. The fun will never stop. So, um, this will be interesting. I'm just going to double check something real quick because I wrote these notes on New Year's Eve. And I just wanted to, oh no, it didn't change. Um, I wrote down the rating. I wanted to see if the rating on IMDb changed okay. from then to now. It has not. They, um, it was ranked an 8.2 out of 10. So on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics rated this a 96%, but the audience rated it an 88%. So honestly, I, I think that's a lot lower of a review that, uh, rating on both IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes than I expected. Yeah, I think I definitely expected this to be like a 9 out of 10. I, I side more with the critics than the audience. You think it, it wasn't that good? No, I think that it was a 96% as opposed to an 88%. Oh, oh, actually. And I do think that it should be more of a 9 than an 8.2 on IMDb. I thought it would be at least a 9. So the, the one review that I had was, I mean, there are others that were like, there's a few 7 out of 10s, but I liked this one and it's short and sweet. Adults need to watch this movie. This movie was, quite frankly, a wake-up call. This is a Pixar film for adults, and it comes with an incredibly important message. I loved it, and I absolutely want to listen to that message. Hashtag good at walking. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I did see a lot of debate whether this is a children's movie. I think this... I think if I were to watch this as a child... I would enjoy the colors. I would enjoy the way the story moves. I would enjoy the fast pace of like these little stories being strung together to create this movie. Like my ADD brain as a child, I think between the colors and the fast moving plot would be in heaven. However, I don't think I would have laughed as much. And I certainly don't think I would have cried as much as I watched this. And what I think this does Danielle, and we've talked about this before. This 
is kind of like, because I laughed a lot, like a lot. Like Bruce and I watched with Bruce. Bruce and I were on the floor, like many, many times, like the little tidbit lines here and there. I feel like this is what we lost from our generation of cartoons. This is it. This is where the child is amused by what's happening on the screen and the adults are laughing in the background. Like this is, this is, this might not totally hit the nail on the head and some people might be like, ah, I don't think of it that way. But like, this is a part of that generational pull that we lost when yeah. it comes to animation and cartoons where everything became not having those types of layers. I feel like this is that, or at least it touches on that. I could also see in some cases, like, okay, when they're in the hall of everything and they're eating the pizza and it's just coming straight out their butt, that's like a, that's a little kid humor. That's, I mean, I laughed at it, but I could also imagine my five-year-old's niece laughing at it because she thinks poop is funny. Like, (laughs) and I did see that as well, but I did think a lot of the humor was geared towards the adults. Um... I don't know. I think that this may be probably a great thing for kids to see because it kind of shows that not to put so much pressure on themselves, which I think people need to need to hear sometimes. And like we do put so much pressure on ourselves. I guess I'm getting too much into the meaning of it, which I feel like we'll talk about later. But I think that it's an important message for children. I think so. I think it's an important message for everyone. Yeah. Well, I have one more review, actually. Okay. From a viewer, actually. Bruce submitted something to me. Bruce! And I said, this is great. Can I read this on the podcast? And he was like, sure. Bruce, 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 Bruce. (laughs) So Bruce said, I honestly really loved how they captured the animations. Like I said about Joe's mom and how she reacted. So he's referring to when she has that moment with Joe where um, Joe's kind of like, if I were to die right now, I would feel like my life is unfulfilled. And the mother just has like this small wrinkle in her eyebrow. That's what he's referring to that moment. Mm -hmm. The cat's movements were spot on from the turning around to just about everything that the cat did. The barbershop was probably my favorite scene. I just thought of the cat um, when it gets, when they get back to Joe's house and the sun is coming through and he's like, oh, Oh, look at this sun. I just want to lay in the sun and marry. And he's like, wait, what am I doing? <laughs> I will agree. That is a good, I think that the animation in this was spot on. I thought that it was going to be too close to Inside Out because when I, I guess it's going a little bit into my expectation versus reality, but like I thought that it was going to be too close to Inside Out when I first watched it, but I think that it was super unique and to capture like I just rewatched the scenes where uh, Terry captures the cat and Joe and to see like them the animation go from like them being bodies to like them slowing down and you see the souls being extracted it's just it's amazing Mm. okay so let me do my reveal okay will you let me do it Christina trying to let you do it i'm just teasing okay so this is a four out of five star review and the super reviewers were out on rotten tomatoes they had a lot of things to say i edited this down a little bit because i felt like it was a little too much but this (laughs) this this is what i'm gonna paraphrase i needed to watch soul twice before i fully processed how i felt about it 
First, Soul is beautiful to look at and very weird and art deco with its character designs in its spiritual realms. Second, the world building and rules of this special world are quite convoluted. Unlike Inside Out, where you were dropped into a new world and all parts added up with a sense of logic, the spirit world and especially the process of how baby souls become what they are seems hazy and arbitrary and not fully articulated. This confusing world building also includes the idea of people being in the zone, lost souls wandering the land as lumbering monsters, and a traveling, a traveling group of mystics that can meditate their way into this higher plane of existence. Where Soul Succeeds is with its heart about people trying to find their spark, that special something that lifts their spirits and makes them who they are. And I think it's an important lesson that it's not the same as a purpose. The comedy banter between Fox and Faye is solid and there are some funny sequences and a few gags that impressed for going the extra mile. I was interested from the opening moments, uh, but I cannot say I was terribly emotionally invested. Part of this was because the movie swiftly runs through so much world building and rule setting in 90 minutes, partly because the character of Joe is a bit closed-minded in how he designates success, and partly because the young character of 22 feels more like a sidekick than a developed supporting role. It was providing an emotional resonance and wonder I found missing at other points in the film. It feels very ethereal and pro propulsive and just new and exciting. The climactic track Earthbound feels so stirring and emotional and light. It's my favorite film score of the year. Soul is fun and imaginative movie that has some wrinkles with, with its world-building characterization and delayed emotional investment. But <laughs> even a second-tier Pixar movie uh, means it's still one of the better movies you'll see in 2020. Nate's grade, he gives it a B. So a lot to unpack there. Um... Did you feel like 22 was more of a sidekick than a developing role or a developed role, supporting role? No, I think I think there, I think it was a support. I didn't think she was more of a sidekick. I think she was more of a supporting role. But I think I understand how people could think that mm -hmm. because she her the part of the thing about her character was that it was undeveloped. She didn't have all the little patches or buttons or whatever the hell they're called. Yeah. So I could see how somebody would think that she's a sidekick doing everything that he does. But when you think about her character, her character just hasn't had those experiences yet. She's had other experiences. I, I mean, that's a really good point. I didn't actually think about it that way, that she's not truly developed. Um, I will agree with this review that I felt like if I thought about it for too long, the whole like soul plane doesn't really make any sense, but I guess it's not supposed to really make any sense. Because, like, that weird in-between thing where souls get lost is kind of just a strange idea. And that 22 was able to kind of move around in her little box that says, this is not a box. Like, how did the Jerry's not know about that? Oh, I, so I think that they just give her free reign. Okay. Because she's been there for so long. But I liked the idea of the lost souls because I imagine those are people who have become like addicted to their spark, if you will, and they don't get the same level of like serotonin from it. Yeah, it seems like they've kind of, they're not experiencing life the way that we should be. 
Mm. Instead, they're just totally focused on what their talents are as opposed to actually enjoying themselves. All right. So I I feel like Nate's grade B, I feel like it should be a little bit higher. I think it should be an A minus. It should be an A minus. You're a teacher. You you give it an A minus. (laughs) I'm a teacher. Therefore, I can grade anything. (laughs) Exactly. Um, but so let me, let me just start by saying, as we go into this next section, I didn't know the music in the beginning was bad on purpose. I thought it was my TV. (laughs) I thought something was happening to my television again. Oh my goodness. Are you kidding? I wrote, I wrote in my highs and lows. I've only been a person and I'm not sure why. How much champagne did you have before watching this? I I've, everything else makes sense. I've only been a person. I've only been a person. I don't know what a soul feels. I don't have a soul, but I'm a person. <laughs> for sure. Um, I love the naive nature of 22 and Joe's body as she solves problems. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I love how, like, I think I said this earlier, how there's so many small stories in this that kind of, like, come together. Because there were so many times where I thought, like, is this where it ends? Is this where it ends? Is this where it ends? Because there were just like, I don't know, there were like the barbershop was like a scene in itself. And the kid with the the saxophone um, was like another scene and story in itself. And I saw all these stories getting resolved in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I liked that about it. I thought it kept it moving. Yeah. First of all, the colors, the animation, I liked all that too. But yeah. this isn't so much of a low as it is a confusion. Okay. Joe goes into the zone to reach 22 yes right so then um he gets to her and gives her his pass in life mm-hmm. he gives it back to her right yeah so is joe in a coma like did he pass out and he's in a coma from play because he's at a show so he's given up his life no, While he playing at that show. He finished the show, if you remember, and then he went home, and that's when because after the show was when he had the conversation with Dorothea about um she's she said like you're going to continue to do this every night with us. And he's like, "You know, I thought I'd feel different." And she says the story about, you know, the fish one day said to his dad, uh, I want to see the ocean. And he didn't realize he was in the ocean. And the, he's like, this is just water. And that's when he then goes home, plays the piano in his house. And that's how he gets in the zone. Right. But even, okay. So even still, he's, he's at a, so then it's not, a, I'm sorry. It's not at the show. It's in the house, but. I would assume he, he dropped dead the, at, yeah. the, at the piano. Yes. Right, yeah, that was like that's what I'm assuming because like that, not that you, not that I need to see a body drop dead, but yeah, I'm I I guess Let we're the too- bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Yeah, there it goes, there it goes. Bye, money. Bye. I'll miss you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree with you there. Um. I did not want to see Joe drop dead at the piano either. <laughs> No, but I feel like maybe um, if I saw him, like, stop playing and, like, kind of, like, put his head down or, like, get up and sit in a different... Oh, I guess he couldn't because he was in the zone. So he probably actually dropped dead while he was playing the piano. Yeah, I feel like they rushed over that scene a little bit. 
right? But I had to, I was putting it together and I couldn't figure out. I thought I missed something and I asked Bruce and I was like, did I miss, this definitely happened. And he couldn't figure, he was like, I don't know. So like, I'm assuming that we're to think that, that he dropped dead. So then the other thing is, um, the idea of like, how Terry says to him when he finally gets him that he cheated. So I'm assuming that he means that he cheated death. Yeah. And I'm assuming that it means that that piece ties in. So this is why like a kid would never listen. If you if a kid gets this, if a kid is smarter than a college professor, I have a real big problem on my hands. But I don't think me as a kid would not get this. No. But the fact that you say you cheated, meaning you cheated death, meaning that every person or people that come out of a coma alive, they have cheated death. I'm assuming that that's what that that's what they're getting at here. But that was kind of glazed over as well. But I liked that that was I liked that this the, the whole cheated thing was glazed over. Yeah, because it was just a quick way to kind of put put like that was, was like a quick a four piece puzzle that I quickly built in my head together. <laughs> this other one was like several pieces. Uh, yeah, so I, I I wasn't they they glazed over both of these, mm-hmm. um, but the the cheated death was more of like an Easter egg kind of thing. Like like just think about it and you'll figure it out. This one was like I don't know where's Joe? Where'd he go? Is he under the piano? Is he on the piano? Is he in the keys? Is he inside? Like where'd he go? Joe's a piano now. Well, I feel like we don't really know what happened to him um, until he wakes up that next morning when the jerry's give him his life back and he leaves his house so maybe he did just like take a little napsy poo on the piano and wake up a new man ready to ready to experience life completely different my low is that i did couldn't understand why when 22 was in joe she kept saying that joe was thinking about lisa and that she should call lisa we never met lisa who the hell is lisa We never met Lisa. So here's what I think. I think that they're going to make a sequel to this because there's a lot of explaining to do. We never meet 22 um, and we don't know what's happening to Joe. The odds of, I was watching a YouTube video on it based on the map where they show her lanching. Oh, (laughs) lanching and landing. And it looks like somewhere in Asia. Okay. So I don't think that they would see each other or how they would see each other would be quite interesting, if that's even the case. Um, but then also, what would happen if it's in a sequel? But I feel like there's a lot of open-ended pieces here. Um, and I liked the ending. I liked that it was open-ended because we don't know what we're supposed to do. Like, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. None of us know what we're doing. And no, I said this. No one knows what we're doing. I don't know what I'm doing. My mug says, God bless this hot mess. Do you think I know what I'm doing? No. No. I know that I'm. I don't I'm know what I'm doing on there. With you, and, and by the grace of God, I know that it's Friday. Exactly. We're, I'm in a place. We're fine. We're all in a place. <laughs> so, I just feel like there's so um, there's so much, and a lot of times when people switch careers or when they switch majors, right? As as an as an advisor at a college, as well as a teacher, I see that a lot. Where it's like. I find myself saying this to myself and saying it to my advisees a lot, and it resonated, made me feel some type of way with this movie. Because I I tell, I I find that this happens a lot when people have career choices or just make changes. It's like you do one thing for a really long time, and then you get tired of it, or you get bored, or you want to change, 
or it's not what you thought it would be. Um, or you just do something to get really, really, really good at it. And then you do something else. Mm-hmm. And that's like what we do. So it wouldn't make sense to me and it wouldn't make sense to the movie. And this is a little daring to say, but I think it would actually cause a sense of repetition for us to watch him go through the next beat of his life because that's what happens. We do something until we're really, really good at it and then we want to do something else. Yeah. Or we do it until we're bored or we're tired or it just doesn't make us happy anymore or we don't find like random pieces of sparks like we did when we first started it. We don't enjoy it the same way. Yeah, in another, yeah, that's the short answer. <laughs> um, that was my only low. Uh, I will agree with you that the comedy in this was hysterical. I thought that 22's former mentors and all the, like, the whole yeah. spiel about Orson Welles was hysterical. Um, her saying that Abraham Lincoln was a liar because she told him that Jackson was on 20 and he freaked out because he was only on the penny. Hysterical. <laughs> hysterical that was it really it was so good i also really like you mentioned this earlier so you did cry at this movie so like i fought back the tears i did the thing where i put the tongue on the roof of my mouth and like blinked them away but yeah i know i definitely cried at this movie but i was crying at this movie but i couldn't pinpoint why i was crying it was a kind of cry where i couldn't Like, I've never had that happen to me, actually. Like, I've never cried because I didn't know why. And then I had to sit and, like, pick apart my feelings as to why I was crying. So I think that that was a really, uh, that's a high in my book that makes me explore deeper feelings in myself. Which is something you don't rarely, you rarely get from a movie. Yeah, this movie's a lot of work. (laughs) It's a lot. I I didn't expect it to be so much work. (laughs) Because I watched this on New Year's Eve, I had all the food. All the food. Um, we had like pickings and different apps. I had like all kinds of chips. I had potato chips, tortilla chips, kettle chips. I had pretzels. I had like three different salsas. I had a Moscow mule. Ooh. Um, Did you finally salsa. open that package package from the turkey tray from no, years ago? That's long gone. That's long gone. No, no, no. I found a seltzer. A seltzer that's like Moscow Mule flavored. Ooh. Threw some threw some cheap vodka in it and a squirt of lime juice, Perfect. and that was my Moscow Mule. Yeah, very nice. And I had less sugar because I ate everything else, and I had this peach salsa, and it was really good. Ooh, that does sound good. Oh. A lot of like snackies, which was, was I feel like snackies are good with like a cartoon. I agree. I agree with you. So um, for Christmas, Nicholas's mother got us Hello Fresh. Uh, oh. gift gift cards. So we've been getting, we've been doing Hello Fresh meals, and we made not sponsored. what? Not sponsored. Not sponsored. We made shepherd's pie, which was a hall of famer in the Hello Fresh world. I did not know that Hello Fresh had a Hello had a hall of fame, but they do, and uh, it deserved it one hundred percent because it was really really good. Is it as easy as they say it is? Um, honestly, the meals are not that hard to cook, but I find that it needs to be at least two people cooking them. Because if you're one person cooking them, it's not going to take you 30 minutes. It needs to be a two-person job. Okay. Like, for the shepherd's pie, it's like you make mashed potatoes, and then you put them on top of this, like, 
meaty carrot and celery and onion mixture and then you put cheese on top of it and you broil it uh, but we did not have a broil like it didn't come out perfectly broiled either way it was very very good my one gripe with HelloFresh is that they could make their meals like a tad bit healthier because they require like a lot of butter and a lot of cheese maybe it's the selection that you have like did you choose that one yeah but there weren't like really any other options that were healthier oh yeah also I had a glass of red wine with this Oh, so, nice. Yeah. It was, a, it was a good evening. It sounds like it. So, expectation versus reality. Um, you said something about Inside Out, and I kind of had a feeling, um, based on the trailer, because I think they said from the creators of Inside Out. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a feeling that it was going to resemble that a little too much. I don't think I expected Joe to be a cat. I don't know why. I didn't expect that either. I saw the poster. I expected 22 to be in Joe. I think I just expected, like, I I think just Joe switching between being a soul and being on Earth. Yeah, I saw the movie poster with the cat, and I'm like, where does a cat come into play? And then I I got it real quick. I, I also don't think I expected this movie to be as deep as it is. I didn't expect it either. Um... I feel like in I did think it was going to be Inside Out, but with jazz. And then I started to hear really, really positive reviews about it. So that's why when you mentioned it to me, I was very excited that we were going to do it. Inside Out is one of my favorite Pixar movies. I think that it's an excellent movie. It's super interesting. And it's a great idea of like how our emotions rule us and how our core values change. And the comedy is hysterical. I relate with sadness a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like this goes even deeper than Inside Out. It is very much like Inside Out, but it goes even deeper than that. My favorite, I think it's Disney Pixar, is A Bug's Life. I'm sorry, it's not Finding Nemo? Oh... Wait, is I don't think that's Disney Pixar, is it? I thought it was just Pixar. I don't know. Because they, sef- they broke up for a little bit. Yeah, it was released by Walt Disney Pictures, Finding Nemo. Oh, okay, so then that one. But love, love A Bug's Life. Oh my God, the one-liners in A Bug's Life. Bloody Mary, old positive. From a mosquito. A mosquito said that line. That's hilarious. You know what? I'm coming over and watching that with you because I've been wanting to watch A Bug's Life and no one will watch A Bug's Life with me. Well, the thing is I have the VCR, but I don't have a VHS. You have the VHS, but you don't have a VCR. Yes, that's that's what I meant. But we have Disney Plus, so it's all on there anyway. All right, what's your IRL moment? Actually, Christina, I have an IRL moment for both of us. Oh, I hope, I wonder if it's the same. Okay, go ahead. Okay, uh, what do they call Joe as a teacher? Mr. So-and-so. Mr. G, and he's the music teacher. Did we not have a Mr. G as a music teacher? Oh my God, we did. (laughs) Yeah. We very much had a Mr. G as a music teacher. (laughs) That's crazy. Mine stems from something like that where Joe says, you can call me Joe. And he goes, yeah, okay, Mr. G. I don't think it's very, it's very difficult for me 
to call like teachers and professors um, by their first name, even though they tell me that I can. And it's very funny because after students are no longer my students, um, both at the high school and the college level, um, they still call me professor and they still call me Miss M. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you can call me Christina now. Like you're graduate. Like, we don't have to do this anymore. At the college, I'm like, just turn your work in. I don't care what you call me. Just do your work and do it on time, and we're gonna be fine. <laughs> but I'm just like, you call me. You're like, we don't have to do this. We don't have to play this game anymore and they're like okay professor and I'm like but there it is there's the game that we're playing you know what you should have them call me call you Hmm. what should I have them call me you should tell them you can call me Danielle (laughs) oh no it's too many songs (laughs) we'd be so nervous we have gone off the rails. That's why I like to do this to you. I just like to poke the bear. Me, oh, you make me so nervous. Um, you're gonna be, you're gonna be, you're gonna go down the aisle at my wedding, and right before you leave, you're gonna be like, "Hope you don't trip," and I'm gonna be like, "Oh my god." I'm not gonna do so that nervous. to you. What? I would never do that to you. I get so much enjoyment doing it every week to you that I don't need to do it on your wedding day. <laughs> yeah, but but that day I'll be like, it's going to happen. She's going to do it. When's it going to happen? Like, I'm going to be waiting for it and it's never going to come. And the suspense is literally going to kill me. It's like um, how I met your mother with the slap bets. Exactly. That's ex- Oh, 100%. That's it. Also, Danielle, I'm surprised that you didn't mention this. When um, Joe, I forget who is the cat. It's the cat, and 22 is in Joe. Joe yeah. is a cat, Joe 22 is a cat. Joe. And Joe's like, "It's you don't stop, it's New York City. What are you doing? You don't stop in the middle of the street in New York City. Honestly, New York City, they got it pretty down pat. Like, my biggest gripe with the movie, The Secret Life of Pets, it's pretty bad that I actually had to turn it off at one point, is because the city doesn't make sense. They're supposed to be in New York City, but they're con- the when you look outside, the windows, Brooklyn and New- Manhattan, or it's just a mess. It's a complete mess. And if you know New York City, you'd be like, this is a mess. This is driving me crazy. But this, they got it. They got it down. I do will also say that I think my biggest IRL moment is that if I was an unborn soul who is hiding in the in-between and doesn't want to be a real person if i sat on a stoop in new york city and watched leaves rustle and had the leaves fall down and watched people mulling about i would also want to live like that that would be my moment that complete my earth badge oh that it wasn't when she tries pizza for the first time and she's like pizza i love it No, it's it's okay. it's autumn in New York City. Just checking. We did it. We did it. Yay! Oh no, four songs. <laughs> Let me see if I can go back. Dora, you can call me out. <laughs> we are never ever ever getting back together. Um. Oh, it was the first one. No, don't sing it again. Okay. There was another one. Sorry, I'm in a squeaky chair. We're a mess right now. It's fine. We're done. So, listen, go watch Soul. Yes. Let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I guess Bruce started a new thing. If you're a fan, you have access to our watch lists on 
V-I-G, on the gram. And the, gr- so, the gram. The gram. Send us a me- We are so ridiculous. It is 9.30 on a Friday. This is how you're supposed to be on 9.30 on a Friday. Ah. 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 Oh. So send us a review if you like something if you don't like something there's a new thing that we could do you have access to our watch list so watch it with us and let us know and we if people do it we'll make it a segment on the show we'll read we'll read your shit hey send us your shit and we'll read your shit we're getting the e now i'm so sorry you know what i think 2021 we just need to have every episode have an e send us your fucking shit and we'll read your fucking shit That had real My Cousin Vinny vibes. Hey, what can you do? Person's fun. I guess. So, you know, Instagram, Twitter, hey, it's two girls. Instagram, Twitter, classic Stina. Instagram, Danielle Kobianki. Email, twogirlswatchtv at gmail.com. Two is spelled out T-W-O. Beer, coffee, donuts, blog. Two girls drink beer, YouTube channel. (laughs) I like that you just listed it up. I did. (laughs) All right, we need to go. We gotta go. We made a spreadsheet with my words. We gotta go. We got, we out, we're out, I'm done. I'm I'm gonna squeak my chair some more. Oh my God. All the nerves. Sorry to everyone listening to this. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for sticking around this long. Bye.